filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. We tried to do our first ever three time zone podcast. It actually did work in the fact that we did produce a podcast from three different time zones. And one third of last week's first ever triple triple pod zone triple cast, Roscoe P rejoins us to try to make sense of the NCAA tournament, which was probably the only thing messier than our connection last week on the filibuster freestyle. Roscoe, what's up, buddy? Fair enough. Yeah, I'm I'm back. Um, now that we are back in the same time zone, maybe we can uh, we can pull this up. I thought, um, argue. I thought for sure the worst podcast that I've ever done, um, the worst one that I've ever been a part of, due to the technological issues. But you just told me you think maybe it was the best one ever. So I don't. Know, I haven't I haven't listened to it yet. But uh, the the three time zone podcast was certainly quite an adventure. I would just say this: when you've got a guy sitting in his driveway in California doing Californian things, and a guy trying to host the podcast and keep things together from the worst connection in the Rocky Mountains in Boise, Idaho. And then Roscoe P., who you were in the late, you know, it was the latest at night for you because you were here on the East Coast. So you, you were probably just a little bit punchy. Uh, it really made for some decent convo uh, for, for the listener. Now, the technical pieces of it weren't as good, but the beauty of it, and this was the point I was trying to make to Jeremy, but he didn't want to understand it, was even though you guys couldn't hear me clearly, one, I could hear you, and two, I was next to the recording device, so nobody knew that I didn't sound good because I was next to, I was the closest I to the microphone. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it was just Jeremy telling people that he can't hear me, but they could hear me fine. Right. Anyway, it was great. And also, Jeremy sang, sang the Filibuster Freestyle theme song six or seven several times. Several times, several yeah. times. I'll tell you what else is great that I, I like that you just did um, and how I know that you spent time in the town you spent time in last week. You said Boise. Yes. Which is the way you say it. Most people who aren't from there say Boise. Right. It is not Boise. It is Boise. Yes, it is Boise, like, Idaho. There is no yeah. Z in Boise, as uh, That's right. as uh, Jewel said, and I mentioned that last week on the pod. You couldn't hear that. Oh, see, I couldn't, I couldn't hear. Yeah, you couldn't hear that, but the listeners who listen two weeks in a row know this. So, listen, a couple things really quickly, and then I want to get into... I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm gonna. We're going to save this, but... You and I, I think you were the one to pose it first, pointed out that Ben Stiller's best character ever is arguably, maybe even inarguably, White Goodman of Globo Gym from Dodgeball, a true underdog story. And you and I are going to break down Ben... Yeah, we're going to break down Ben Stiller characters to see if any of the, the rest of them can hold a candle. Because I don't know where you're going to come off on it, but I, I just feel like your point, having done research with the crack research team all day... White Goodman's a strong Ben Stiller character. Strong to quite strong. <laughs> a, a line spoken by a different Ben Stiller character. Yeah, uh, Greg Gaylord Falker, I believe. Gaylord Falker. Yeah. So anyway, but before we get into that, and before we get into some of the March Madness stuff we missed last week due to technical issues, I want to point out a couple of things. Number one, today I was working out earlier. I went for a run, and there was like a... a Show off. I was gonna, well, I was going to point... It made, me, it made me think of this, but, but thank you. Uh... I work out. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so I saw a young lady who was dressed as like a gothic type figure, you know? And I'm on a run and she's dressed like a goth. And it made me think, if someone's a goth, like do goths work out in goth attire, right? Like when she goes for a run or goes to the gym, does she just wear like Under Armour sweatpants or is she like rolling in there in like five inch boots and whatever goths wear, you know, full makeup, full regalia, trench coat, whatever. Um, so, and then my other question would be like, when goths mow their lawn, do they go, do they, do they go goth? <laughs> uh, would, you, would you like me to weigh in on these? Yeah, questions? please. I mean, have you ever seen uh, a goth working out or a goth mowing uh, their lawn? Yeah. Or? I was going to say, so for, for part A, um, I'm going to reject the premise of your question and suggest that goths don't work out. See, okay, okay. Therefore, therefore, who knows what they wear. Now, the lawn mowing thing, that's, a, that's an interesting one. I hadn't thought of that. Because that's real. That's real. You have to mow the lawn. Everybody's got to mow the lawn. Right. Working out to choice, mowing the lawn if you're a homeowner, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure many a goth is. Sure. Uh, you either get a landscaper, which is totally fair, or, you know, you mow your lawn. And I'm just wondering, do you go out there in full regalia, or do you just go out there like a regular person? Like, you know, by regular person, I mean, do you, wear, do you wear regular mowing the lawn clothes, or do you go, go gothic? <laughs> Well, I mean, do you think people who dress like that have other clothes? Like, if you're all in on the goth look, isn't that all you have? So then I guess by, by your theory, whether or not they work out, goth, goths do mow the lawn in goth attire. Right, because I'm, I'm thinking maybe there's no other option. Fair, fair, fair. Okay, good point. All right, so that was just one thing that popped into my head today on the way uh, back to the uh, podcast studio, if you will. Number two. Last week, you brought up in a very cool concept, which I think will reprise here in a little bit. As you were picking your bracket, you were using things like, uh, are there cool bands from certain areas or states or cities or towns that the colleges are in? Cool alumni who didn't play sports, whatever. One of those bands you mentioned, Urge Overkill, I believe from the state of Arizona, liked, retweeted, and then followed us on Twitter after last week's pod. They're they're from Chicago, I, I believe. Okay, cool. So the Arizona thing was a lot. That was Jim Blossoms. That was Jim Blossoms. Jim Blossoms or Arizona or Overkill, I think I mentioned in the Loyola Chicago discussion. Even better because their team is still dancing. Still dancing. Urge Overkill, great Pulp Fiction soundtrack jam. Definitely. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. Exactly. So to have them like, retweet, and follow us on Twitter, and you gosh darn right, we, 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 we followed them back. Uh, sure. Holler back, follow back. Good for you guys. Urge Overkill. This is me two weeks in a row. Props for Urge Overkill. They had a good. What was their hit there? Uh, come around. Da, 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 da. Is that, what, was, what was that song called? Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on it right now. We, we can look it up. No, crack, research, crack research team can look that up. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's the real band of the week we're going to give a shout out to. Fake band name of the week, and I gave this to you earlier. Solid acronym. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. And we, probably a prog rock band or like an art rock band for sure. But um, definitely artsy. Yep. But solid acronym. Either that or they're like the crowded house poor man's equivalent. A little hey now, hey now, don't dream it's over. Roscoe. One, so I, I forgot exactly what it was. I'm not gonna say it because I'm not sure you'd find it appropriate for your podcast. I'll tell you when we get off the air here. But um, there was a good, somebody actually tweeted like a fake band name of the week. Really? Uh, some like random, you know, random like news person I follow on Twitter tweeted like, "Actually, da 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 would be a really cool band name." It was, it was exactly the, the fake band name of the week concept. Really? So basically, they it was they worked a little dirty, but they used our concept. It worked a little eh, not dirty. I don't know. I, just, I, I actually, it's more that I don't quite remember it. But okay. Well, anyway, I, I like the tease there. I like the tease yeah. there. Maybe Roscoe P will tweet that 
Oh yeah, I'll do it. Sure, I'll find it. I'll retweet it. Yeah. Oscar P, why don't you retweet that? And if uh, we don't, you know, we'll, we'll link that to something. We'll link it up. By the way, the song is Sister Havana. Oh, Sister Havana is a jam. Jam, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, I for some reason I feel like that's a cover. I feel like that's not their song, but their version is the most popular and the one in Pulp Fiction. I, I, that could be wrong. I'm I know. You know what? And again, no research on this. However, I think it's either like a Neil Diamond or like someone like that. Like somebody yeah. legit, but they did a, ver, uh, a version that was even more, more banging. Yeah. And that's the one in Pulp Fiction. That's definitely them. Yeah. And by the way, a freight train, which... Freight trains have gone by my house before on the podcast, but the, the freight train that just went by that you all probably heard the, the whistle of, I'm not sure if Roscoe did, but the listener, defi- the li- listener definitely will hear it. Uh, that train was moving way faster than most freight trains, so hopefully they get to wherever they're going in one piece. Um, here's, here's something I want to do, Roscoe. I, you, know, you and I talk offline a lot about good potential topics for the filibuster freestyle, right? So. Here's one that I'm sure you'll want in on. I'm going to probably have to make it at least a three-person pod, but I want to do a, 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 a – we do brackets a lot. It's bracket season here in the freestyle as well as, you know, in the month of March, but uh, an epic rants bracket. So, for instance, the Allen Iverson talking about practice rants or, or any of the NFL coaches, Jim Mora, playoffs, Denny Green, we let them off the hook. They are who we thought they were. You yeah. know, I kind of look at this as like – the NFL coaches would need their own division, their own like region. Um, and then you could have other people like when Bill O'Reilly lost his mind on, uh, sure, yeah. on Inside Edition, you know, F it, I will do it live. Right. So any of our listeners or pundits, certainly Roscoe P, send us in some epic rants because we're going to do an epic rant. Like I want to find the greatest epic rant of all time. The greatest uh, epic rant of all time. It's not a bad concept, right? But it has to be like... Uh like the stuff you're talking, like a spontaneous, not like these guys who go on the radio or TV now and it's like their shtick to, to rant. It's got to be like spontaneous, you know, in an interview. Like, like it's got to be inappropriate, right? Like they, correct. Be ranting the way they're ranting. Right. So, for instance, like you couldn't do, you couldn't be like, oh, I want to do the Ric Flair promo where he's like, I'm the kiss yeah. stealing, wheeling dealing. Like that's not a, that's not a rant. That's that's a shoot, right? In wrestling, right? Like he's doing a shoot there. You know, he's trying to get people. Uh, he's doing cutting a promo. I'm not talking. About, I'm not talking about promos. I'm talking about practice. I'm talking about people innocuously asking Allen Iverson, you know, why did he miss practice and him losing his mind. Yeah. And then us yeah. remembering. There's a lot of those. Yeah. So I want to get on that. Um, and then another thing I want to get on, if I can find it really quickly here, I had another another idea for. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Before we get into the Ben Stiller stuff, how about if this goes well, we think about doing this, with, but with a Paul Rudd version. The best Paul Rudd character? Yeah. Ooh. Because that's kind of a deep dive. That's kind of like a little bit of a nerd alert, but in a good way. Paul Rudd was in Clueless. A lot of people don't know that. Oh, anybody worth their salt should, though. That was like, oh, really? Do you think people know that? I, I mean, know I mean I, well, you don't, you're not really a movie guy. I'm not really a movie guy, which is kind of the irony of me talking about movie characters, that I'm not really a movie guy, but I, I just, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Clueless, but I know that's kind of a big one, and that was like his first... That was like his first big movie, I guess. That was his breakout role, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but the thing about Paul Rudd is, I just don't know anybody who doesn't like him. He's extremely likable. He's America's sweetheart. He really is. He's like the male version of America's sweetheart, which in this day and age, let's just call him what it is, America's sweetheart. I mean, I think I have an 
answer to the best Paul Rudd character. All right, well, why don't you call it now, and then we'll do the research. Let me just throw, yeah, let me just throw one out off the top of my head without even thinking about it. Yeah. And, and this is going to, I'm going to, it's a, I'll save the point, but it's a point I'm going to make about the about the Ben Stiller thing when we get to that. Okay. Uh, but it's uh, it's uh, Kunu from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, I love Kunu. <laughs> yeah. I love Kunu. I forgot about Kunu. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're the guy who works for Kaiser Permanente. Oh, man. <laughs> Kunu's great. Kunu, yeah. Kunu's really great. Um, Chuck. Oh, man, good one. I, and I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what Paul Rudd does. He just kind of, he just fits it, he fits right in there. So, anyway, I think that's going to be another future filibusterfreestyle.com exclusive, uh, breaking down the Paul Rudd. I love the fact that you think Kunu's it, because Kunu is a, is, a, is a less is more type character. Right. All right. So what do you think? Do we go into the Ben Stiller thing and then do the tournament at the end, or what? Yeah, I think yeah, we've kind of it's a, we have a kind of natural segue to Ben Stiller here now. I think we should. All right, so so I think and again, you 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 basically your premise is we're not sure if any other Ben Stiller character can really hold a candle to the greatness that is White Goodman of Dodgeball. Right. Um, so I don't know. Do do you have a bunch of the, his characters written in front of you? How did you how did you do your research? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a why. I, I don't have any characters in front of me. Good, I have some. I have some, so we can go through right. some. Okay. Good, but I, I just, I don't know. Uh, this is a, a theory I came up with a while ago. I think Dodgeball was on TV, and I like I always watch it when it's on TV because it's awesome. Yep. And uh, White Goodman is just so tremendous. I think I just had to text you and say this is the best Ben Stiller character ever. And I think part, like, the, the point I was alluding to with the Paul Rudd thing is and I, again, not really knowing too much about movies, I'm, I can't really place like how big of a star Ben Stiller was when that movie came out. Pretty big. Yeah, pretty big, right? I, I like the idea of big stars playing characters when they're not the star of the movie. No question. Like that's why I thought of the the Kunu character because Paul Rudd is like you know he's like the fourth, fifth, sixth most most important character in that movie. Like he's not. You know, he's a very secondary character. <laughs> I mean, arguably 10th. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe uh, like 10th. Right, yeah, yeah. And actually, there's going to be an example of that type of thing later when we talk about the Stiller character. So that's good. That's good That's good foreshadowing. And just while we're kind of giving Paul Rudd one last set of props, Peter Clavin from I Love You, Man, is going to be so tough to beat overall. Yeah, tough to beat. Because Peter Clavin's fantastic. And and I Love You, Man's a fantastic movie. But anyway, you okay. Got, you got it, Jobin. You got it, Jobin. Later is on the men, Jay. So are you coming, or are you? I'm not sure what, what you're doing there. Anyway, um, all right. So let's look at this. Here's some here's some characters I would like to throw out there for 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 evaluation. All right, you got Ted Stroman, the main character in Something About Mary. Yeah. You've got one of my favorites, which is Reuben Pfeffer in Along Came Polly. Um, you know. Now again, I might. I'm just gonna because I don't want to waste a ton of time. Reuben Pfeffer. And I'd say the same thing about Ted Stroman. You know, likable pr- protagonist, a lot of physical comedy, a lot of memorable lines, but the cast around those characters is is arguably better than the, than that character itself because that character has to kind of be like the the glue. Um, so if I think of Along Came Polly, you know, I think of the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman doing the rain dance. Iceman, you know, to being Sandy, being Sandy, you know, and Sandy's a better character. I mean, Sandy steals a show, you know. Um, the, the the Cuban dance instructor, Ruby Tuesday. I mean, that guy like steals the show. So Hank Azaria as the scuba instructor, who may or may not have relations with uh, Ben Stiller's first wife on the uh, honeymoon. Like, 
Hank Azaria is money, right? I mean, come on. Hank so, Azaria is the best. So as much as I love Ruben Pfeffer and Ted Stroman, I just think they're overshadowed by other people. Like Brett Favre maybe overshadows Ted Stroman in some ways. Brett Favre. Right. And, and Woogie. Woogie. Yeah, Chris Elliott, the great Chris Elliott. So I'm throwing those guys out as great characters, but just definitely not even close, not even close to a white Goodman. Um, you mentioned Gaylord Falker, Greg Falker. Gaylord Falker, sure. Uh, a character so great they did make three movies with him as the, the star. Yeah. Would you argue? Because you've seen those movies, obviously, at least the first one. I've not seen the last one. I've seen the the original, and then the second one with uh, Streisand and Dustin. right. I mean, I would I would again argue that um, Owen Wilson and Robert De Niro are much stronger comedic character forces in that that film, the first film. Meet the, the first one, yeah. Than 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 uh, than Gaylord Falker is. He's kind of the butt of their jokes. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. He's much more like the straight man than the <laughs> than the, than the right. So like again, I, to your point, like if De Niro is kind of playing a bit of like a heel, the dad. Yeah. Um, you know, Owen Wilson's playing kind of like the the the, the, super, the superlative ex boyfriend that can't do any wrong. Um, He's the foil, so he can't win that. He can't win the belt there, but, but a great character. Um, here's one that I think is worthy of a spinoff, and if this character had a spinoff, Roscoe P., uh, I think he could potentially could be a better character. Want to take a guess? Ooh, a character if he had a spinoff. So this, is, this has got to be not a starring character. Like a cameo role by Ben Stiller, yeah. Oh, um, the, uh, uh, the Spanish language news guy from Anchorman? Yes, Arturo Mendez from Anchorman. Oh, I didn't know he had a name. <laughs> I just found that out yesterday. <laughs> but I just basically wrote, not enough material, would love to see a spinoff movie of this character. And frankly... That would be great. If they, see, Anchorman 2 should have been about one of those other guys. Yep. Like, it shouldn't have been about Ron Burgundy. Like, Ron Burgundy should have been the cameo in, like, the movie about Arturo Mendez. Correct. And by the way, if you're not naming your fake band or your fake Lucha Libre wrestling matador name Arturo Mendez, you're Arturo doing something Mendes. wrong. Yeah. You're doing something wrong. Yeah. Anyway, uh, tonight, <laughs> the streets run red with Ron Burgundy's blood. <laughs> you can put that on a, t- on a T-shirt and sell a million of them. So, and there's got to be T-shirts that say that. So i got to give major love to the artist known as Arturo Mendez. If we could ever get him... Uh, a spinoff movie, I think he could give White Goodman a run for the money, okay? Yeah, maybe. All right, here's another one, and, and I like this one because I didn't watch enough of these, this original production back in the 70s because we're too young, but uh, his reprisal of David Starsky and Starsky and Hutch. Starsky, yeah. You know, fantastic, fantastic work comedically as David Starsky. I have no idea if uh, Glazer, the, the actor, played the original Starsky that over the top. I don't think it was that comedic of a show. Um, fantastic stuff. I would just say once again, Owen Wilson, Snoop Dogg, Vince Vaughn, kind of steal the kind of steal the show. Yeah, but that's also one. I mean, I think what we're finding here is like like Arturo Mendez or even Starsky, where he's like a star but not the star. Yes, like those are the kinds of characters that are going to be better than. Ted Stroman or Gaylord Fokker or, you know, Ruben Pfeffer, like the guys who are the actual main characters. Like he's just going to be funnier when he doesn't have to be the main guy. Correct. Which is, which is exactly why, again, this white Goodman thing is going to be tough to beat because as the main antagonist, you can get away with so much more ridiculousness. Right. So that brings us to another cameo in which 
in which if he had a spinoff, I could see it being pretty pretty interesting slash funny slash maybe also very dark. Um, care to take another guess, or do you want to rest on your uh, perfect what? score? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm uh, I'm kind of running out of uh, uh, Ben Stiller characters. I mean, the, I told you that I had I, I, I won't say it. Yet, it's probably in your list, but I had there's there's one more for me that could rival White Goodman. You haven't said it yet. Yeah, it's I think not, I'm I think I'm saving that one too, which is good. Um, yeah, it's it's not a cameo, so I don't know. I I, I, I couldn't guess. All right, well, for those of you who remember the '90s well, you'll know that he played a character called Hal L in Happy Gilmore. Getting somewhere. You're in my world now, Grandma. Check the name uh, tag. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you can trouble me for a nice warm glass or shut the hell up. Exactly. I mean, here you are, not even thinking about the existence of Hal L from Happy Gilmore, and there you do, and you just recant one of his lines with no rehearsal, no prep work, nothing. All right. That's a memorable character. So yeah, if he if he had a few more lines in that movie, or if there was a Happy Gilmore sequel, or if there was a spin-off movie. Again, I feel like I'm giving Hollywood a ton of good ideas right now. Um, I'd go watch that, and I would be very interested in, in seeing more character development there. Um, yeah. Let me give you two honorable mentions in terms of whatever, and then I, I got two characters I think we can really drill into, aside from the great White Goodman, okay? Right. Apparently in 1987, Ben Stiller had a, uh, an appearance on Miami Vice, the television show, as a character, wow. character named Fast Eddie Fletcher. Wow. So that's just like a deep dive. Crack Research Team exclusive right there. Fast Eddie Fletcher from 1987 Miami Vice episodes. Did not know that. He also played uh, Chaz Tenenbaum in The Royal Tenenbaums, which is just a great movie. Uh-huh. Um, not one of his best characters compared to some of these others. So really what that leaves us with, besides White Goodman and my... And I, he, again, he was in Night at the Museum, Part 1 and 2, whatever. He was in, franchise. He's been in some other great stuff. He was Walter Mitty. I mean, he's done a lot more stuff. But come on, Roscoe and I are working slapstick tonight. So this leaves us with two characters I think we're worth discussing. One is Tug, Tug Speedman from Tropic Thunder. Yes, I couldn't think of the name. That, that was not the one. The, the other one you're going to say has got to be the one I'm thinking of. I couldn't think of Tug Speedman's name. Right. Well, the other one, go ahead and say it because we all know who it is. You want me to say the other one? Yeah. The, the other option for me, uh, it's, it's weird because it is a starring character, but it is uh, Derek Zoolander. Yes, no question. I think when we first started talking about this, my initial thought was the only person I could potentially make an argument for would be Derek Zoolander. Um, you know why? Because even though he's the main character, he is... <laughs> He is not the glue that holds the movie together. In yeah, fact... He's such a weird character, too. Yeah. He's such a weird guy to be the star. Like, he is actually kind of the weirdo in every other quasi-normal person's life. So, like, Christine, his wife in real life, Kristen Taylor, her character... Oh, my God, what's her name? Matilda. Matilda, right? Matilda, yeah. You know, Matilda, David Duchovny as himself, Billy Zane as himself, um... You know, his father in real life, Jerry, you know, Jerry Stiller, you know, Maury, Maury Ballstein. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson as Hansel, of course. He's also a ridiculous character, but uh, everybody's kind of playing themselves. I'm sorry, a more normal character than Derek, except for Jacobin Mugatu. Jacobin Mugatu? <laughs> by Will Ferrell. And my argument would be in this film that, that, that even though he. And by he, I mean Zoolander, Derek Zoolander, shines bright like a diamond, to quote our friend Rihanna. Just the Mugatu, Hansel, 
Um, there's just so many great characters in that movie that I just don't know that I can give it to Zoolander. He doesn't really carry the film. Mm. He's he's integral to the film. He's an unbelievable character, and he does it. Maybe it's this. Maybe what we're really talking about here is characters who steal the show. Maybe. And, and you can't steal the show if you're the star. Maybe that's right. So maybe that's it. So like, yeah. So Mugatu is probably more memorable than Zul than Derek Zoolander, but Mugatu is not the star. Right. And here's like, I mean, Goodman is more memorable than Peter whatever Peter's name was. Um, but you know. Why Goodman's not the star of Dodgeball. Yeah, right. Peter LaFleur. Peter LaFleur, of course, yes. <laughs> I, I forget what he says, but he says something and he calls him a loser, and that's kind of stupid. Yeah, the loser. <laughs> but, like, we'll get into it. We'll get into I want to definitely give Dodgeball its due in a minute, but, but I agree with you. I think it's a good point. But, by the way, Zoolander's great. Zoolander 2, not as great. Zoolander 2 should have just done something different and had him do a cameo, like you said. There was uh, a Zoolander 2? There was, and it came up fairly recently. I tried to watch it on an airplane trip across the, the ocean, and it didn't go so well. I fell asleep like 10 minutes in. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a marketing problem as well as a quality problem. Um, so let's talk about Tug Speedman. Let's talk about Tropic Thunder, because even though he's the star in this one, I feel like because he plays Happy Jack and he does all the cameos as other characters, as does Jack Black, as does um, Robert Downey Jr., um, he plays a ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous person. Um, he is a ridiculous person, yeah. And so he kind of is loose enough where he does almost steal the show. The problem is... Yeah, he doesn't steal the that show. Tom Cruise, yes. Tom Cruise saved his career by doing a cameo of what I'm, now, what I'm now arguing might be him doing Harvey Weinstein, now that we know the truth. Oh, you think? I mean, I'm making that part up, but apparently it was modeled after some Hollywood executive who Tom uh, Cruise hates. And who better to pin it on right now than Harvey Weinstein? Sure, I'm not going to argue that theory. But nobody nobody is better than that character that Tom Cruise plays. Les Grossman. Les Grossman. And so I think, again, not, we didn't exhaust it. We don't really need to. I just can't see... Even Tug Speedman, in all his glory, he's still greatly helped out by all those other actors. And by the way, Matthew McConaughey, if not for Les Grossman, kind of steals it as the straight man. Yep. Yeah, he's the agent, right? He yeah. He's yeah. the agent, the, the pecker. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's all about the TiVo. Yeah, he sent them the TiVo, right. Yeah. And actually, frankly, Bill Hader does a pretty good job as the assistant to Les Grossman as well. Oh, yeah, Bill Hader. Danny McBride's in that. Danny McBride is the pyro guy. I mean, pyro guy. For those of you who haven't either given a fair shot to Tropic Thunder or for those of you who haven't watched it in a while, I mean, again, Roscoe doesn't watch movies. And how many times would you say you've watched Tropic Thunder, Roscoe? I mean, to be honest, I don't even think I could say I've seen it in its entirety, to be honest. Okay, but how many times have you. I'm not sure if I've ever seen it. Well, let me say this. I don't know that I've ever sat down and watched it start to finish. I may have seen all the parts, yeah. like, at different times, but I'm not sure I've actually just watched the whole thing beginning to end. Got it. Okay. But I think I have seen all of it, just not all of it. Got it. Well, then let's go back to White Goodman really quickly and give him his victory lap, which is this. Um, ben Stiller gets to do two things he's great at at once with, without having to worry about carrying the film as, like, the glue guy. One, he gets to dress, talk, and act like an absolute imbecile. 
Two, he gets to act. Yes, true. He gets to act like a complete a hole. And I think when he gets to combine those two things without any having to worry about being the butt of any jokes, because he's the butt of many jokes, but it's not because he's the lovable loser. It's because he's like the the terrible, like the the a hole dramatic foil, right? Yeah. Or I guess anti dramatic foil or whatever, comedic foil. So I don't know. I got to give it to you, Roscoe. I think he called a shot. We tried to do some due diligence on it, and I just don't see how you beat White Goodman. Just W H I T E White. <laughs> One of the best lines of the movie. <laughs> I mean, he's he's evil. He's funny. He's a he's a great bad guy. Um, he's probably the funniest character in the movie, right? I think. Yeah. Well, the, I, uh, the the coach there. Well, Patrick O'Hulahan is fantastic. Hulahan. That being said, he might be the funniest character. I still think, even though it's a cameo and he's, you know, he definitely hits a, like six home runs out of the park. I feel like White Goodman pretty much hits the entire movie out of the park. Right. I mean, even at the end, when he's on his couch and he's in a fat suit and he's like effing Chuck end, Norris. But... Yeah, I mean. Oh, Chuck Norris. Yeah. Chuck Norris, Lance Armstrong, pre <laughs> scandal. Right, pre scandal. Right. I mean, and again, I, you know, I think, I think. Just as Vince Vaughn is the bad guy, amongst others, kind of foils David Starsky from being the biggest character, I feel like, you know, Vince Vaughn could never be the funniest character in that movie, despite having all the, all the good comebacks and zingers, because he's got to hold the movie together. Right. That's, I, didn't, I didn't think of that. Like Vince Vaughn is the bad guy when Ben Stiller's the good guy in that movie. Right. And then Ben Stiller's the bad guy to Vince Vaughn's good guy in Dodgeball. But I will say this. You know what? This just popped into my head, Roscoe P. And, can, um, and I will say this. One more spinoff movie that I would love to see, okay? Remember in, in um, Starsky and Hutch when they go undercover and he's Maury Finkel, Finkel's Fixtures? Yeah. I would pay $1,000 million to watch a Maury Finkel spinoff movie. I mean, where is, where is Maury Finkel on the list of great Ben Stiller characters? Well, that was the I, thing is... Out? That's... Well, like Ro- Roscoe, Roscoe, technically on his IBM deep whatever DBM page, he never played that guy because it was right. David Starsky playing Rory Finkel. It was David Starsky playing, uh, yeah, Rory Finkel. But if we want to get meta or not meta or whatever the hell meta even means these days, right. I would put Rory Finkel, and again, small sample size. I'm not going to put him in over White Goodman, but you show me, you show me a Rory Finkel movie, and I'm probably going to have to do this podcast again. Right. So that's three movies we just came up with for you, America. Uh, Maury Finkel spinoff, a Hal Elg, Happy Gilmore spinoff, and um, who did I say first? Oh, yeah, Arturo Mendez. Absolutely, from Anchorman. So so there you have it. All right, Roscoe P., (laughs) I'm not really sure what happened to our bracket breakdown last week, but either way, nobody did very well. (laughs) I also feel like... Let me, let me, let me, and I know you've moved on. No, 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 keep going. I'm sorry. I am also, one thing that I enjoy even less than movies is Halloween. Okay. I feel like White Goodman would be a great Halloween costume. Oh my God. Yes. And you know what else? Choices. To take it, to take it a step further, you could literally, with a group of friends, be like Laze, Blazer, Laser. Oh. Yes, the whole Globo Gym team. That's, my, there you go. My 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 fitness concierge, concierge Michelle. Right. <laughs> and Fran Fran Nanaskavaraja. Yeah. 
Good call, Ross. Yeah, there you go. There's, there's another money idea. We're just cranking. So let me get this straight. We just came up with three movie franchises and a Halloween costume. You're welcome, yeah, everybody. Whole crew of people. Yeah, yeah. By the way, another thing that my mic might be picking up is I have a new neighbor upstairs, Roscoe P. Yeah. And they walk around like under the giant all day. Really? They just stomp, stomp, stomp. And I'm like, but the floors are like carpeted. Is it is it a is it a large uh, person? I, I don't know. They're they're upstairs. I haven't seen them yet, but um, I, I literally, you know, I've been here almost three years. I've never had an upstairs neighbor where I was like, honestly, you you walk loud. <laughs> but this person walks loud. Yeah. They walk so loud. They talk so proud anymore. Well, Guns N' Roses reference there. Anyway, all right. Now that we've figured out everybody's Halloween costume for 2018, right. the Halloween of White Goodman's Renaissance. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm not done yet. Shouldn't there be a dodgeball part two? Um, well, yeah. I mean, you need like a new, you need a new bad guy, right? Like, I don't think White Goodman could be in it. Correct. Well, well here's like, well, he's done. Well, here's what I'm saying. I don't think we should remake the movie and like go to the tournament again or go on each ESPN eight the Ocho again. But wouldn't you pay to like see a Pepper Brooks movie or? You know, Jason Bateman's character, the announcer, who's a professional dodgeball player. Right. Or, like, shouldn't there have been a Patches O'Houlihan movie? Like, couldn't there have been? There's a lot of... That franchise could have gotten... Like, if Star Wars can make prequels, and I know it's, you know, a different (laughs) rarefied air, I feel like dodgeball has a lot of characters you you can get 90 minutes out of. Right. I mean, there is potential for a prequel because that whole dodgeball world already existed. Yes. Just like people didn't know about it, but it was already a thing. Yes. You could do a prequel and go back and yeah, get Pepper Brooks out there and maybe maybe patches of hand. Like that would be oh my god, it's like a fifth movie. I mean, again, we're patting our backs pretty hard here, but I just feel like we're rolling on it tonight. I mean, we are just we are pitch machines tonight. The only thing we're missing is Jeremy Johnson in the background saying filibuster. <laughs> yeah, freestyle. <laughs> Does the, the is the theme the theme song is still part of the show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just record. I just I, I just yeah, yeah. have it in before. I dub it in before I start recording with the guests. Yeah, you put it in later, right? Yeah, because it used to be when we did these. That's how I knew we were starting because I actually heard it. You actually play it as yeah. we were doing this, but now you just do the magic of technology. You just do it later. Yeah, and in some ways I miss the old way because it kind of got everybody amped up. It it did. It always got me fired up. All right, next time you're on Roscoe P, we'll we'll do it old school. Do it the old way. Yep. We'll do it live. Do it live. <laughs> All right, we're going to do this tournament live, which we could not do last. Could not do last week. So, here's the first question: You're you're a guy. You're a guy who knows basketball. Okay. Um, you know, if people want to want to know your credentials, they can DM me and I'll tell them. Or they can DM you at Roscoe P Funk on Twitter. Sure. Um, but have you ever seen anything like the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament? And and I think the answer has to be no. But I want you to answer for yourself. Well. Um First of all, nobody has because for the first time ever on the men's side, yep. important to point out, first time ever on the men's side, we had a 16 seed beat a one seed. Yes. So uh, it did happen on the women's side, I think just once. Yeah. Uh, Harvard did it. I forget who they beat. But um, uh, but so in the men's tournament, uh, you know, no one has ever seen a 16 seed beat a one until UMBC blew out the Wahoos of Virginia and the, and the Virginia Hams. The Virginia uh, hands. By the way, sorry, Roscoe P. If Jeremy picks either Miami or Virginia again, the alumni of that school should boycott Man Cook Good because he has gotten yeah. three straight early exits, folks. Right, right. But yeah, so they, they blew him out. Nobody has ever seen that. I think this is only, I think I read it, this is only the fourth time since they've gone to 64 teams that 
Uh, two number one seeds have failed to make the Sweet 16 because uh, Xavier, of course, also lost. Um, in a crazy game, they were up 12 points. Yeah. In the second not half. As crazy, not as crazy as Cincinnati, who was up 22 points against Nevada and lost. Correct. Nevada, in, in both of Nevada's wins last weekend, two huge comebacks, two, two, huge comebacks, two squeaker wins. Their coach dropped three F-bombs on CBS. Yeah. Did you see that part or no? Uh, I, I saw one of them, I think. Okay, I, I there, was, there was definitely two, if not three. It was great. The guy was just yeah. going to drop F-bombs. He, if he comes on the podcast, folks, you are warned. <laughs> Coach, yeah. Coach Musselman's not pulling punches. Eric Musselman's out of control. So you got Nevada with two huge comebacks, including a 20-pointer over number two seed Cincinnati. And then your boys, I want to give you credit here. Last week on the pod, Roscoe P. Yeah, called Loyola Chicago was potentially going to go to the Elite Eight, and they still have a chance to do so. They won their two games by a combined three points. Yeah, and both of them on last-second shots, right? Yep. They beat Tennessee, who actually played great in their first-round game. They've got a 96-year-old nun as their team chaplain. Yeah, Sister Jean. She's the best. She's an international. So somebody asked her about being a, a national superstar, and she's like, actually, if I could correct you, international superstar dude sister jean not she enough is. room for her and her ego on the same bus wow no, she's yeah she's the best tell you what i'm not mad at her also by the way still give let, let, let's point this out as two people who routinely say that if youtube and facebook existed when we were in college we'd either be famous or unemployable or in jail yeah yeah um it's it just nice to see that there's still hope if people want to you know Sister Jean's 96, and not all of us will get to be there, but, like, she at 96 found international superstardom. Right, yeah. It's never too late, baby. Hold on to your dreams. Hold Sister on. Jean filled out a bracket. Did you hear? You probably heard no, this. No, no, no. Tell me, tell me. She filled out a bracket, um, and she picked Loyola Chicago to get to the Sweet 16 and then lose. She didn't even pick them to go all the way. So she basically got everything she could out of her school. She, she's right so far. But and now she has predict them, predicted them to lose the next game, which the guys on the team, of course, are not happy about. Oh, Sister Jean! Now they have to prove her wrong. That's good though. Maybe maybe she's maybe she's a master motivator, and she went from being a maybe. loving mentor to being like a taskmaster because they she doesn't want them to be to be full of themselves, you know. Right. So let's talk about who's left standing. I mean, okay. And by the way, hats off to UMBC. Holy cow! Right? Holy cow! Awesome, awesome story. So you got a number one seed in Villanova, a two seed in Duke, a one seed in Kansas, a two seed in Purdue, a three seed in Texas Tech, which is an in- – oh, sorry, they're not a three seed. They're like a seven seed or something, right? Yeah. Um, oh, no, A&M. Sorry, Texas Tech's a three seed. My fault. Texas Tech is three. They're still in it. Texas A&M is seven. Seven, yeah. So you got Gonzaga at four, Michigan at three. Michigan three. West Virginia at five. Nevada at seven. You got Loyola at eleven. Clemson is a, I think, a five. It's five. Yep, a nine in Florida State. Nine in Kansas State. Nine in Kansas State, and then an eleven. And an eleven in Syracuse. An eleven in Syracuse. Yeah, I think this is also the fewest um, top four seeds to make it. Like all the one, two, three, four seeds. Yeah. However many made it, I'm not going to take time to count, but I think this is the lowest number of those. Yeah, it's two of each. Made it to the Sweet 16. It's literally two of each. Is that what it is? Yeah. So essentially, of the, six, of the 16 best teams in the country, only eight of those teams got to the Sweet 16. Got to the Sweet 16. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned that you you had a, a, a weird Elite Eight, or sorry, a Sweet 16 that you picked where um, you only had eight of the Sweet 16, but you, you've still got eight that can go to the Elite Eight. Who do you, yeah. who do you have it's, left? 
it's a strange bracket. It's probably the worst I've ever done so far. Yeah. Um, in that I, o- I only correctly picked eight of the Sweet 16, but somehow six of my Elite Eight are still alive. Got it. So you have a chance and, and, to really and, do some damage. And three of my Final Four and both teams in the National Championship game. Are so there you alive. go. So you can still, you're, you're the kind of bracket that can, so you can survive a bad, a bad first two rounds, ladies and gentlemen, but you just can't survive it with your Final Four picks. Oh, if Loyola Chicago wins on Thursday night, I'm probably going to win my bracket. No one's got them in the Elite Eight besides me. Not even Sister Jean. Not even Sister Jean. Come on, Sister Jean. Um, so let, let's get back to I loved your concept last week, dude. I thought it was really good. Um, how you were picking certain teams. So of the teams that are left, and we can kind of review this, you definitely talked about uh, – you definitely talked about um, – I'm sorry, our, our boys, Michigan, for sure. I talked about Michigan. I talked about Gonzaga. Loyola. Chicago. I talked about Arizona, and then they got blown out, so that was that was a mistake. Um, I think I only did that half of the bracket. I don't think I, we got to the other half. Correct. So, for instance, I don't think we heard anything about like, – so I don't know if you have Duke or Nova. Or, so I guess my point would be, of the Sweet 16 that's left, or of the Elite Eight, or the team, you know, whoever you have left, I guess it's their six teams, let's go through those six about how you got to there and why. All right. Well, yeah, so let's do the three I didn't mention yet, because three of them are Loyola, Chicago, Gonzaga, and Michigan, who yep. we talked about yep. uh, last. So let me talk about the other three. Perfect. Um, uh, and two of them are in the same bracket, so I'll, I'll skip them and go to the, the, uh, to the Midwest. Where I only have one. I did have Michigan State uh, advancing over Duke, and of course they didn't even beat Syracuse. So, um, in, in a really horrible game, but that's rock really, fight, rock yeah, fight, really terrible. Uh, but I, very simply, the team I have left in the Elite Eight in the Midwest, I think, um, when you have a program that is traditionally one of the great college basketball programs, and they have the exact same name of one of the all-time great prog rock bands. <laughs> How do you not pick Kansas? Darn right. You're darn so, right. I, mean, I, I think no other rationale needed. Carry on, my wayward son. But let me tell you, since you asked, and since his name has come up many times, you know who went to Kansas? Let me give you a notable Kansas alum. Okay. Athlete. You're not going to believe it. You think I'm making it up. Paul Rudd. What? Paul Rudd went to Kansas. you got to be essing me. Yep. You're telling me. That's that, what my research from last week said. You're telling me that in my haphazard research, I didn't know that. I brought up Paul Rudd anyway tonight, and that you led with Kansas the band, which is the right move, and then well, how do you not? and then topped it with a callback to the great Paul Rudd. Woo! Paul Rudd. Now, I don't usually put a lot of faith in Kansas to do anything in terms of the Final Four, because they love to bow out early, but that might cinch it this year. Yeah, how are you going to argue with that? You're not. Wow, Roscoe P., great notable alum. And again, Kansas the band, good Lord, dust in the wind. Yeah. Frog Rock Heaven. Sung by Frank Ricard, a.k.a. Will Farrell, in old school. That's right. Just to get back to that group of guys. Uh, how about the range to play Frank Ricard and Mugatu? Good, good for you, Will Farrell. I mean, it's one of a kind. He's another one. I mean, if we, I mean, he'd be a really hard one because he plays ridiculous a lot. And when's the last Will Farrell movie that came out? I don't I know. know. IMDb in front of me. I feel like he's he's made those ridiculous movies with Marky Mark, the Daddy's Coming yeah, Home. Yeah, Daddy's Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those look awful. I haven't seen them, but those doesn't seem anything funny about those. 
Have yeah. you seen, has there been like a really funny Will Ferrell movie and since when? I will say this, an underrated movie with him is The Other Guys, also with Mark uh, Wahlberg. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay. The Other Guys is worth a watch. He He's actually great in it as like the straight man, but like it's great. And uh, yeah. Ava Mendez is his wife, and she's actually hilarious in it. Which nothing, nothing wrong with her. Nothing wrong with nothing wrong with her. By the way, Ava Mendez, if you're listening, you're welcome on the pod whenever you like. Talk I'm about whatever you want. College. Talk about whatever you want. Um, okay, so good call in Kansas. Can't can't fault your logic there. Um, who who do you have? I guess maybe either playing each other or in the same bracket on the other side. Yes. Of so playing each other uh, in the East region, both these teams still alive. Of course, they have to win one more game to get to each other. But um, in the East, uh, maybe if we're going just cool, non-athletic alumni, maybe the winner in this category, surprisingly, the Purdue Boilermakers. Okay. Let me give you some names. Neil Armstrong. Boom. He's a big deal. Pretty significant. Uh, Ted Allen, host of TV's Chopped. Okay. Wildly popular uh, Food Network uh, classic. Okay. Um, Sully Sullenberger from Sully. Oh. The guy who crash landed the plane in the Hudson River. Oh, I know Sully. Yeah. Purdue alum. George Papard. Hannibal Smith. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Say no more. Um, this one I think I told you uh, last week. Orville Renbacher, the king of popcorn. I mean, this is like an all-star list of people. It's unbelievable. Purdue alum. And then and then there is one who is, I mean, I think has to be mentioned because we're talking about college basketball. He is not particularly famous for being an athlete, but more famous for a coach and regarded as the greatest college basketball yep. coach of all yep. time. And that is John Wooden yep. is a Purdue alum. So what you're telling me. That is quite a list. Is that Purdue not only has the greatest college basketball coach of all time, yeah. uh, they also probably, by the way, have the greatest under six foot two quarterback of all time in Drew Brees. Okay. Um, but we don't, you know, that's not part of the deal. I get it. But you're telling me the leader of the A team, the first yeah. man on the moon, right. the guy who's the best popcorn maker in the history of making popcorn, yeah. and some dude from the food network? I mean, come on, that's a starting five, baby. <laughs> The, the guy from Chopped and the guy who crash landed a plane. Yeah, oh my God. And a guy who saved a million lives and made, they made a movie about it. And Tom Hanks didn't didn't do a bad job. And yeah, got played by Tom Hanks in a movie, yeah. What a, what a murderous row of non, non-athletic alumni. What a list. Now, one of their, their starting uh, big guy got hurt in the first round, so that's... Yes, uh, but you know what I read today, and maybe you did too, but um, apparently there's a big engineering school at Purdue, which, by the way, with an astronaut and Sully and everybody else, yes. I'm not shocked... Um, but apparently they're working on a new brace for his elbow that will protect him, but also meet NCAA requirements. So he could be a late add to the Sweet 16. Yeah, he might be in there, yeah. So anybody who believes in Las Vegas or anything that go on there, legally, of course, don't bet on it. Hashtag don't bet on it. Uh, you may want to check if he's playing or not. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so I, that could hurt. The, I mean, Texas Tech is good. I don't think they're quite as good as they think they are, but... Um, but it will be a tough game for Purdue without. Uh, yeah, I mean they're going to have trouble matching the speeds. So they're going to need his size if they can get it. Um, good matchup there. Um, you yeah. think you think Purdue takes takes care of it or no? Well, I I mean I picked them, but that was before the injury. Now yeah. I'm not quite sure. I, I'm hoping that Over Redenbacher and George the ghosts of Over Redenbacher and George Papard can carry them through. Hannibal, Hannibal Smith, good lord. Hannibal Smith, I love it when a plan comes together. Well, if these guys get to the Elite Eight, your plan does come together. Um, who, their opponent, yep. their opponent. Now, I think this squad did not pick them to win the whole thing. I do have them in the national championship game. 
Um, obviously not the coolest list of notable alumni because that's got to go to Purdue. Yeah. Uh, but I think the best combination of a really good team, a, a traditionally good team, a team that has won the national championship before, um, cool notable alumni, and tremendous music uh, scene in their home city. Yep. And that is uh, uh, a team from your former uh, hometown, the Villanova Wildcats. Ooh, a good one, a good pick. Yeah, what a, what a combination. I'll save the music for a minute, but um, actually a lot of their famous alumni are musicians. Really? Uh, Toby Keith. Toby Keith went to Villanova. Toby Keith went to Villanova. My Uncle Paul uh, went to Villanova. That's interesting. Your Uncle Paul went to Villanova? Just because he... I have him on my list. Well, well, the thing is, Uncle Paul is a huge Toby Keith fan, and maybe the Villanova thing is the reason why. I don't know. But this is... Oh, I, I'm, just, I'm just piecing this together now. Could be. Uh, Don McLean, Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Oof. Yeah. I, I hate that song, but that's a big, you know, it's a big famous song, and he's, you know... Um, Jim Croce. What is it, like, singer-songwriter of heaven up there in the main line? heaven. The main line. Way, I got a name by Jim Croce, way underrated. That is a jam. Okay. Say what you want about Time in a Bottle, whatever that song's called. I don't like that song. Yeah, why but, would you? You're 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 grown up. <laughs> yes, thanks. But Bad Bad Leroy Brown and I Got a Name by Jim Croce are jams. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm with you. Bradley Cooper? Oh, yeah. But he went to Georgetown, I thought. I don't know. Well, see, I don't know. This list I got. See, I think he went uh, to Georgetown. All, all I know is that he attended. I think it's a list of people who attended. Okay, because he he did he, he did. I mean, he's from and Philly. Then graduated from Georgetown. That's entirely possible. He is from Philly area, and he may. But I'm pretty sure that Georgetown folks claim him as theirs. So whatever. That's okay. Fair. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by that he attended Villanova. I'm making no claim that he graduated from there. Well, that's fair. A lot of people don't graduate from colleges. Right. Well, and, and really, in my list, we're going by the uh, our our good friend uh, By. We're going by his theory of what an alum is, which is if you go to a school ever at any point, you can then be considered an alum of that school, whether you graduate or not. Which is a very loose interpretation of alumnus, but that's very okay. loose, and I don't agree, except in this case where I've used it for my for my research here. But totally um, fair. Totally fair. But but By, who attended the college that we attended. Although he did not graduate as we did, but he we consider all of us alumni, so that's fine. Beautiful thing. We're very inclusive. Uh, Dr. Jill Biden, the former second lady of the United States, is a Villanova alum. Okay. I think that's a pretty good one. Very now, good one. Uh, and then, of course, the music. I feel like we talked about this last year, uh, and I know you've had you had a whole podcast about the best bands from. Uh, yeah, from correct, correct. Uh, check that out. Eight, By the way, check that out in our archives uh, on the SoundCloud page or on filibusterfreestyle.com. That was a good one. That was one of my favorite ones, actually. Well, the, the music in Philly is phenomenal. I mean, it really is. It's better than you think. I mean, I'll, I'll just rattle off a couple names. Yeah, please here. do. Go maintain G Love and Special Sauce got jobbed on your best bands out of Philly podcast. I know I've told you that before, but they got jobbed. Well, you know, uh, I mean, we had a, we had a, you got to break a couple of, uh, eggs to make an omelet, you know? And I, I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple. I just wrote down a, a quick list, but uh, of course, you love in special sauce. The Roots, um, Boys to Men, uh, Joan Jett is originally from yep. Philadelphia. Chubby Checker, yep. Um, uh, John Coltrane is from Philadelphia. Um, Nina Simone, uh, Hall of Famer Nina Simone, is not from Philadelphia, but kind of got her start there. Okay. So I think they claim her as like a Philadelphia artist, even though she's not from there originally. Yep. Uh, and of course, the great Holland Oats. Holland Oats. Uh, I'm glad you said that because they were on the tip of my tongue. And and, yeah. and, and and actually, don't forget the OJs. Oh, the OJs. Yeah. 
I actually, I have a Holland Oates question for you. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, they've come up. So Holland Oates is on tour this summer. Yes. I don't know if you started to look at some of the summer tours, but they're all you know tickets are going on sale. They're they're all getting announced and stuff. So uh, Holland Oates is on a summer tour. They're sort of co-headline. You know, they have an act that's kind of bigger than an opening act, but not quite a co-headliner. And that is the band Train. Hmm. Is you, you know you know Train? You know, Drop to Jupiter, right? Drops of Jupiter and uh, Hey Soul Sister. Yeah. Those guys. So part of me would really like to see Hall & Oates. I think Hall & Oates would be a really fun show. They got a million hits. Um, I think that'd be a fun one to go to. Yeah. But is my hate, and I really hate Train. Like, is my hatred of Train worth not seeing Hall & Oates? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, and what, what do you feel about that? Like, do you hate Train enough to not see Hall and Oates because they're also on the show. Right. Well, I, the good news on this is I actually have an anecdote. Uh, when I went to the Orange Bowl with the great Andy Maslin four or five years ago, uh, the halftime entertainment was Train. So, oh, uh, so you've seen Train. So unbeknownst to me, and through no fault of my own, and with no choice given, um, whether I went to the men's room or went to buy a beer or sat in my seat, I was going to be at a Train concert. <laughs> If, right. So I'll say this And again it was halftime So it was only like a 15 minute set And they played all three hits And that was it It wasn't that bad And I mean I don't like Train But my answer to you would be Your love and my love And pretty much America's love For Hall and Oates In my opinion Vastly outweighs any negativity Train can bring to the table Yeah probably right Just suck it up And you know Just show up late and whatever. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's, it'd be one thing if they were going to like play each other's songs or like alternate right. songs, and you had to like sit through yeah. the train songs to hear "Private Eyes" or like "Sarah Smile." But just find out at what portion Holland Oates plays and be there for that. Right. For instance, sometimes you actually want to see both acts, and you even screw that up. Like I went to uh, Guns N' Roses played Wake Forest last year up in Winston Salem. Uh, Cindy Harrington was down here. We were going to go. And Live, the band Live, was opening for Guns N' Roses. Oh, I like Live. We all like Live. And, you know, Cindy especially was really excited to be able to kind of get a two-for-one. You know, we're paying for Guns N' Roses tickets, but we get to see see Live. live. And what really stunk was we thought Doors opened at 7.30, but really what they meant was (laughs) Live finishes at 7.30. (laughs) They finished at 7.30? They didn't say when Live started. They basically said, like, Doors at 6.30, Show starts at 7 The tickets were misleading And we could have done research and we didn't So we basically heard the end of lightning crashes uh. Which stinks Because um, You know we really wanted to hear the dolphins cry <laughs> Yeah that's like the worst line No I'm just kidding that song stinks But we really wanted to hear the other ones And that stinks So what I would say is Sometimes even when you want to see the opening act You get screwed So I would say Get there, and if you see Train for a hot second, don't let it bother you. And if you don't, even yeah, better. But, I, it up and just, just but go, go see Holland Oats, for God's sake. Treat, treat yourself right, man. Yeah, I think I think I might. The other one that's kind of like that, although I'm probably more inclined to see Holland Oats, I guess. Uh, Poison, my guy's Poison, who I've spoken eloquently about on this podcast. Yes. Um, Glam Metal Bracket winner is Poison. That's right. They're on tour uh, this summer with Cheap Trick. Hmm. So I have no they problem. Have an interesting, interesting combination. I have no problem with Cheap Trick. Yeah, I don't really either. You know, ironically, because I'm guessing Poison's the headliner on that. They are, yeah. Um, Cheap Trick's in the Hall of Fame. Poison is not, and probably never oh, will interesting. be. Interesting. 
Do you feel? I, I don't want to get into a whole other pot here, but do you do you feel like at some point you can make a, a strong argument to get poison into the Hall of Fame or eat? Or no. eat? Okay, good, 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 good. I'm just checking no on you. Just checking on you, Roscoe P. Just checking on you. <laughs> well, I mean, bon, bon Jovi's going in. Like, how many steps removed from Bon Jovi is poison? But no, I don't. I don't. I can't make an argument for poison. Right, but anyway, cheap trick. Again, though, huge in Asia. Yeah, well, huge. Uh, I mean, huge at a different time. I think at a time we kind of missed, right? Like we weren't really listening to music. Correct, correct. We their their prime was like we were alive, but we weren't really. Yeah. We weren't the wheelhouse for sure. Like early '80s. Like I remember in uh, Mike Damone and Fast Times at Ridgemont High yep. was trying to sell cheap trick cheap trick tickets because that was like the hot thing. And that was like '83 ish in, in terms of yeah. the setting and the, the setting of the movie, right? So you singing uh, "Surrender." Yeah, mommy's all right. Yeah. Daddy's great song. Great song. Yeah, that's a good one. But anyway, I would go see Point. So where are they playing, really quickly, for our New England friends? Um, I don't know. Probably at, at one or both of the Xfinity centers. One of them is in Hartford, Connecticut, and one is in is the former Greatwoods in Mansfield, uh, Massachusetts. Which, by the way, is quite a time warp. I went there a few years back, and I, they literally changed nothing from the nineties. It was kind yeah. of it was kind of awesome and kind of scary at the same time. Yeah, I haven't been there. Um, my my second concert ever was Lollapalooza in the summer of '92. At at the time, it was still Great Woods. Yeah, uh, that's the I think that's the only time I've ever been. Oh no no I saw I don't know what year it was. I saw uh, Rage Against the Machine and the Wu Tang Clan. You chose two very interesting uh, acts and, and festivals to see at that venue. Well, and the, I mean, that was the same bill. Like Wu Tang played and then Rage played. It was the same show. That's super cool. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. It was a, the problem. The only reason that it was it was tough was the night before um, Zach De La Rocha from Rage broke his foot on stage. Oh no! And he like had to have surgery or something. So like they were they were really late getting to the show. So like Wu Tang was done, and then there was like an hour before Rage came on. So it kind of killed a little of the vibe. Yeah, sure. You know, of the flow. Um, but both of them were. I mean, those are two of my all time favorites. Wu Tang and Rage Against the Machine. I, I don't remember what year that was, but I saw that show there. But 92 was my first, or like my second, my first rock concert, I guess. Nice. And I saw Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Red Hot Chili Peppers. and Yeah, like the greatest Lollapalooza lineup of all time. Uh, yeah, that yeah, one of, certainly. Arguably, but but I think yeah, like that. That's, that's probably the, it had to have been like mid-90s last time I've been to, to Great Woods. And yeah. I, apparently you're telling me it's exactly as I remember it. Yep, you walk in and know exactly where to go. Um, <laughs> nice. Well, speaking, all right, so speaking of where to go, we probably should get going here, Roscoe P., but... Uh, thanks for doing back-to-back pods with us and finishing off some of your thoughts that got cut off last week. Yeah. Um, you know, thanks to our buddy JJ for Man Cook Good for doing his thing. Roscoe P., you've been doing this thing lately on uh, on Facebook, um, which we put on the Filibuster Freestyle Facebook page as well. Some 60-second covers. You got any in the, in the hopper that you're working on? Maybe. It's actually, they did it more for, like, Instagram. That's why it's Sorry. 60 seconds. Because you it. can only do, like, that's, you can only do a 60-second video on Instagram. Got it. Plus, I thought 60 second cover was kind of a catchy, you know, hook or whatever. Right, right. Plus, you know, I, didn't, I really didn't feel like playing a whole song. So, um, so I've done two. I did I Want You Back by the Jackson 5, and then I did um, uh, Ric Flair Drip by Offset and Metro Boomin, which was really hard, by the way. But Yeah, it really um, shows your range, by the way, as an artist, too. Yeah, it was tough. The, I do have uh, a couple ideas. I don't want to spoil them. There are a couple ideas that I have. Um, I don't know if I'm going to, I'll probably do them at some point. Part of the reason for doing them was I'm really just trying to get the creative juices flowing so I can finish off some more of my own songs. I've got a couple, I think, really good ones, like, I just can't quite finish. Okay. Um, 
but I want to get those out there. And, and I don't know, I just like putting music out, even if they're not my song. So uh, it was fun to to do that. So yeah, there's there's there'll probably be some others. I do take requests. Rick Flair Drip was a request. So if anybody has a request and it's a good idea, I'll do it. But um, I have a couple ideas. Maybe I'll tell you off the air. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm coming up north for uh, Easter. I'm going to be in town for about five days. Uh, um, I, I may have to take a trip out to see you in the Pioneer Valley, and I, we might have to drop one together. Um, sure. One idea I have, but I don't know enough of the words yet. But you know that song, the Knife Show. The what? It's like some. It's like some rap song. It's like uh, I'll, I'll talk to you about it offline. But I got I got an idea. I think it'd be funny. Uh, uh, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be a song that like Drilling Three doesn't do. We can't do like a song that we've done. Before. No, 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 no. It's something new. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. Ladies and gentlemen, Fog, subscribe to Roscoe P's social media outlets. I know he's at Roscoe P. Funk on Twitter. Roscoe, what is your uh, Instagram handle? Same thing. Twitter and Instagram is both Roscoe P. Funk, R-O-S-C-O-P-F-U-N-K. Uh, there's also, oh, there's a YouTube channel, but there's not really much on there until I do a new song. That's also if you search for Roscoe P. Funk. There's SoundCloud, but no one really goes on that. Um, and Facebook is only my real government name. For those of you listening who know what that is, uh, you can find me there. But I don't really, I don't really do much with the Facebook. I don't care for it. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> you do your- they're selling all our, they're, they're, all the data mining. Facebook's going down. All this data mining nonsense. That's another. That's another uh, podcast. Yeah, and we'll get Jeremy on that one so he can rant a little bit. Right. <laughs> Speaking of epic rants, I may have to put Jeremy in the, in the argument. Jeremy's got to be in the bracket. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, JJ. We love you, and you were absolutely the superstar of last week's pod. This is the yeah. unequivocal. And Roscoe, you were great, and I was terrible. But Jeremy Johnson was like Michael Jordan of the pod. Oh, last there's week. no, there's no question who the star of that show was. That's right. We're just we're just sitting here waiting to see if he needs any help or a water break. You know. Yeah. All right, buddy. Stick around for a second. We'll catch up, ladies and gents. Philbusterfreestyle.com is where you can find us online. And for goodness gracious sake, which is me trying to not swear, but really trying to implore you folks to come to action. Please, if you haven't yet, subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and, and help people find the show, which can only help us get more and more people listening, which, frankly, I don't see how that's a bad thing. That's just me. Me neither. All right. Thanks a lot, Roscoe, for that ringing uh, affirmation. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll catch everybody soon again. It's the freestyle. And uh, enjoy the rest of March Madness. Or not the rest, but Sweet 16, Elite Eight. We'll see if more chaos ensues. And we'll see if Sister Jean was right or wrong about the Loyola Ramblers.